0: Before we get into today's chat, we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. As always, we pay our respects to their elders, past and present.
1: When I'm doing my intuitive readings for clients, it's almost like a thought will pop into my head and I'm like, oh, why am I thinking like that? Once I got my head around the fact that it was actually their spirit guides or my spirit guides passing on a message to give to that individual, I was like, "Trust this more.
0: Welcome to Talking in Common, a podcast of all things: lifestyle, family, relationships, well-being, kids, and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. Hosted by myself, Kate Gidinski, and my co-host, Sophie Panton. Take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. A quick shout-out and big thank you to today's
2: episode sponsor, Lululemon and their performance tights, designed to stretch what's possible in every moment.
0: Here we are. Welcome back. Welcome back! It's good to be back. We say this every time. Today I'm coming
2: to you live from my bedroom. Hey
0: cozy, you're just secretly in there, having a nice lay down, and I've gotten you out of bed to record. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well I'm hiding from honey.
0: She's gonna come in any minute. Honey should be having her nap, but instead you're having your nap.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm still pregnant. Darling listeners out there, I'm still pregnant.
0: You didn't give birth on my um, living room floor.
2: Yeah, I think we said in last episode that, you know, I'm very close to my due date, which now I'm even closer. And, yeah, we did sort of mention that we were recording a little bit advance and I'm just still here tapping my toes waiting for this baby, so we thought why don't we do a little bit more recording while we can.
0: Yeah. So here we are.
2: I'm in my bed. How are you feeling? Living my best pregnant life. (laughs) I'm feeling good. I actually had a blissful induction massage this morning.
0: Oh.
2: Yeah. It was a bit of a combination of like remedial relaxation and like acupressure points. Yeah. Which is, you know, all about getting the energy and the right hormonal and, you know, blood flow going to induce labor. So I don't know. Here's for hoping.
0: Well, we better get this episode episode, episode recorded quickly then because anything could happen, right?
2: Anything could happen, yeah.
0: I think I went for induction acupuncture.
2: Yeah, did you do stuff like that?
0: I did. I I, I don't think. I know I did. I went with Lulu mm. and I ended up having her two days later. Really? But I was induced with her, so I don't know.
2: Okay, so you don't know if it worked or not. I was a bit the same. I remember I had some induction acupuncture booked in with Honey and then the day I was meant to have my appointment was the day I got induced. So you never know about these things, but it was enjoyable. I would recommend it. One thing that I will say is like the more people you surround yourself in that kind of space, in sort of like the pregnancy or labour or birth space, especially in like the natural birth space, the more you learn and the more connected you become and I've really been enjoying the benefits of that. Like you speak to one person and you maybe get a recommendation for someone else or you learn a little tip or some great advice or something like that. You know,
0: it's all about your network. They say it takes a village and it's all about your village. It's nice particularly, well, all throughout your pregnancy but particularly at the stage that you're at, like right towards the end where you're trying to kind of get yourself in the zone to give birth and kind of start to really take note of how your body's feeling and so it mm. is nice to be surrounded by those types of people.
2: Mm. So I'm just gonna jump right in and say I'm freaking delirious today and I think that oh, we've got this in common, my darling, because we've so had delirious. <laughs> <laughs> we've both been up <laughs> through the nights with our little ones. What's going on? Like, is it a full moon?
0: I have no idea, but the last two nights in my house, actually I'm gonna even say the last three nights have just been a nightmare. Like Lulu's sick. I actually got woken up to her two nights ago, like power spewing on our bed.
2: (laughs) Oh, shit. I shouldn't laugh. That's uh, horrendous. I know,
0: like poor little thing. But that was certainly a wake-up call. And in saying that, so that was how I started my week. But I ended last week with Nina power spewing all over the couch. So there's clearly a bug going around. But Lulu has been, for some reason, she's all of a sudden saying she's scared of the dark and she's getting up in the middle of the night and sneaking into our bed and then she kicks me, she pulls the blankets off and then I'm so tired that I can't be bothered getting up to put her back in her bed so I let her stay in there but then I lie there awake and I toss and I turn Mm. and it's amplified since she's been sick these past few days so I am kind of running on two hours sleep and I don't even have a newborn.
2: Yeah, oh, this is the thing, right? I uh, So I had a night much the same last night. Honey wasn't sick, but she had this, what seemed like a bit of a nightmare,
0: mm-hmm. and she's
2: two and a half now, and I think this is kind of like her first experience with fear and being scared. Up until this point, she's been a bit young to understand to be scared of things. Yeah. And Aidan took her to the Melbourne Museum yesterday. And, you know, there's an amazing kids section to the Melbourne Museum. But he walked her through the main part first. And they saw all those huge, amazing, you know, like dinosaur and whale artifacts.
0: A lot of stimulation at the museum, as amazing as it is. It's a lot for little ones, I think. That's
2: a really good point, actually. She probably was just overstimulated because there's like digital stimulation and then, yeah, all the stuff in the museum and all the kids climbing stuff and, yeah, it's all all happening. Anyway, she woke up in the middle of the night just like screaming, saying that there was a whale under her bed. Oh, God. Thing yeah, it was quite bizarre, but it just escalated to the point where she got so spooked by it that she wouldn't even let us kind of like put her down on the ground. She was like, like she was like a little koala clinging on us. And Mm. if she sort of saw a shadow or something that she wasn't sure what it was, she was like, ah, you know, it's a there's a whale. And she started saying, "There's eels in her bed and eels." Yeah, she has this little like bath toy that's like a bit like an eel. Anyway, she was up at two a.m. And she didn't fall back asleep until 7 a.m. Oh. So we had an eventful night. It's
0: not an ideal time for you not to be getting sleep either. I
2: know. I was like, if I literally go into labour now. Also, I'm like, oh, is this the start to a week of nightmares and non-sleeping? And
0: that's I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but potentially.
2: Yeah. Hashtag
0: she could- parenting. Hashtag Absolutely. parenting. I wish I had some words of wisdom for you, but, like, I've just got nothing to give.
2: Let's just go with it's all a phase. It's all a stage. It's just
0: a phase. <laughs> it is. It's just a phase. Best it's advice. just a stage. And I will yeah. get some sleep tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one night soon in my life I'll get some sleep. One day soon. Oh,
0: uh, that
2: will be lovely. Anyway, I'm pumped about today's guest and today's episode. Me too. I think it's a really nice one and definitely something that you and I have been exploring more in our lives You know, me in particular lately as well because I think I was telling you recently I did this short meditation course and I've been learning and practicing meditation recently which is almost a bit of a setup to implement something mindful and peaceful and hopefully like productive during the newborn phase because I did struggle last time. I got this really bad like sleep anxiety. I couldn't sleep when the baby was sleeping and all that sort of shit that people say to do. It was the opposite for me. I find found that stage really difficult. So that's a bit of a path that I've been on. But all the other things that this wonderful guest brings to the stage as well, Elira Potter.
0: Yes, she has so much great like insight to give. You know, on so many different levels, she talks a lot about manifestation. That is a big thing for her. Tapping into what you really want, and then manifesting it and she has had a lot of success with that herself and I think that's something that you and I have spoken about a lot in the past like really knowing or kind of making a bit of a goal of like what you want how you're gonna Mm. get there and kind of manifesting it
2: because it's one of those things in life that like you kind of either believe in or you don't and some people are like what a whole crock of shit manifestation (laughs) it's like what does that be like sure think about something and it comes to you but I think it's more about just tapping into what it truly is that you want and following those desires, finding the right people, finding the right mental space, finding the right environment just to live more in line with, like, who you are and what you want and these are all the things that Alira's is all about. Now, I think you sort of threw her name out there in the beginning, like that she'd be a great person for us to chat to and... All of the things that she does practice and all of the things that she does stand for, I think were intriguing to us from the perspective that we both have young girls too.
0: Yeah, and she's all about empowerment.
2: Yeah, she's all about empowerment. She's a really proud First Nations woman. She talks a lot about body positivity. She's young. She's open minded. She practices a lot of inclusivity and diversity and spirituality and, you know, all these really interesting things that i think are you know really healthy for young women in particular to be seeing especially on social media
0: absolutely and another thing that we spoke a lot about with her was the importance of role models and body positivity as you mentioned before but mm. particularly around young people you know how important it is to have different role models you know for us with our young daughters like not for our young daughters just to have us as role models but to have other influential women in their lives you know from all different backgrounds and all walks of life and who believe in different things and who, yeah, can just kind of set a really great example but give our kids a sense of diversity, I think. Mm. It's really important.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point as well and that's why it's nice to connect with people who are out in the world doing that and that are brave and that are putting themselves out there, which is very much what she's doing. I just find like the whole spirituality thing like quite intriguing too. You know, she's a psychic
0: We spoke a lot about, well, a little bit about, I should say, how everybody has the ability to kind of tap into their intuition and open themselves up to it. Do you reckon you've got it? (laughs) I would like to have it. I don't think I've tapped into it yet.
2: Mm. I think when we were talking to her, I was like, but how do you, like, she calls them downloads when she gets these sort of like spiritual messages, spiritual downloads. I'm like, but how do you, like? Sense it or feel it or understand it? Like, how exactly? It was interesting because she was saying that, like, she's like, everyone's got it in them. It's just about tapping into it and noticing it and being intuitive,
0: not shutting it off. Yeah. Another thing that we touched on with her was learning to be uncomfortable to become comfortable, which she speaks about a lot in her amazing book, Wild and Witchy. Yes. And, you know, it really makes a lot of sense because there are so many situations where we must be uncomfortable in order to learn and to grow and to evolve. And I mean, if we always stay in our comfort zone and avoid situations where, you know, we worry that we might fail or become uncomfortable, like we're just not going to grow as an individual. So it is important. And I think there's a real difference between being uncomfortable and being scared
2: Yeah, you know so I guess
0: being uncomfortable kind of means that you're in a situation where things are I guess unfamiliar or outside what you're used to and unpredictable whereas in contrast being scared implies fear or anxiety about something dangerous happening to yourself or others so I mean I have in the past I've kind of associated the two as the one thing like being uncomfortable and being scared but they're actually different when you think about it
2: Mm, that's so true and I think um You know, you're absolutely right. If you're not putting yourself out of your comfort zone, how do you expect to grow, change, evolve, any of those things? But also living in fear is so inhibiting. Like it's such a barrier as well to living the life that you want and like, you know, going back to the things that we were talking about. Yeah, it's a total roadblock. And so it sort of makes sense like energetically, if you're living in fear, you're living with these barriers and then how are you going to get to a place where you want to get to or what you truly desire when you're living in a place of fear. But being uncomfortable and almost achieving something that puts you outside your comfort zone is going to help you grow immensely and open up doors that, you know, potentially wouldn't have been there otherwise. So I love that.
0: It's important.
2: Yeah. Life's short. Live, learn, grow. Flourish. Flourish. Flower. Flower. Let's introduce our lovely <laughs>
0: guest. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly we're so delirious. Sorry, guys, if we on. sound a bit all at me anyway, a bit all over the place in this intro. I'm just like, so on another planet.
2: <laughs> all right.
0: So Alira Potter is a proud Yoda Yoda woman. She is a manifestation and spiritual coach a trained Reiki practitioner, an intuitive reader, an energy healer, life coach and meditation guide and most recently adding author to her repertoire after the release of her first book earlier this year, Wild and
2: Witchy. So we both read this book recently, which we loved. Well, to be fair, I actually listened to most of it on Audible. Life hack, everyone. (laughs) You love an
0: audio book, babe
2: love an audiobook Um, but the book's been described as a handbook for millennials about life loss spirituality and women's intuition hence why we wanted to talk to her today she was a really beautiful soul to chat to so friendly so gorgeous we both thoroughly enjoyed our conversation with her and we really hope you do too so here she
0: is Alira, we're so happy to meet you and have you here with us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So nice.
2: We're excited. Yeah,
0: thank you for joining us. We have been very much looking forward to this chat for a while now, so welcome. Super
2: excited to talk to you about so much of all the good stuff and learn all about you and also just chat about some things of particular interest to us, like your perspective on relationships, living in alignment with your values and manifestation as well is something that we talk about a lot but let's learn a bit about you first we know you're a proud yoda yoda woman but tell us more about where you grew up and your family and even your cultural heritage
1: yeah so i'm a first nations woman pronouns are she and they and i guess a little bit about my career itself i'm a manifestation and spiritual coach i'm a curve model content creator on social speaker presenter like a little bit of everything (laughs) but um I'm originally from Melbourne in like suburbia Melbourne and I grew up in a pretty like white suburban town I was the only black kid I really struggled with my identity I'm really honest and open and tell people how severely bullied I was as well too growing up I sadly lost my mom to cancer at 17 and I think in that moment, it really sort of, I guess, shaped me to who I am today because I had to really learn how to be independent really, really quickly. Dad wasn't in the picture, so I had to be like, okay, what are you doing with your life? Where are you going? It's definitely shaped me, but I don't know. I feel like I've lived so many lives. I got married really young, divorced really young. So I mean, this podcast could go for ages because (laughs) like my whole life I would just ramble.
2: (laughs) You've got such a story to tell. This is why we want to talk to you today. And you're so like wise beyond your years and it's really inspiring to, you know, hear your story. So
0: Before we do get too deep, we do love to ask our guests, what did you want to be when you were growing up?
1: Oh my god I love this question. This is so funny because I had this conversation with my nan actually probably maybe about a month or two ago and She was like, you've literally manifested your whole career. I was like, what do you mean by that? And she's like, when people would ask you when you were little, what did you want to be? I would always be like a bit of a smart ass and say, I want to be famous. (laughs) And I was like, that's so funny. And then my nan just looked at me and was like, you may not be like the typical Kim Kardashian or whatever famous, but you're famous in the space where people admire what you do and they love what you do. And I was like, oh, yeah, so I guess so yeah, terrible. I wanted yeah. to be famous and here we are.
2: <laughs> I feel like with most people's answers that they give us to that question, there's always some connection. Yeah. Like some of them actually can be really random. And people are like I don't know how I got to this path I'm at
0: now. Yeah but there's
2: always some connection.
0: So you've been manifesting your whole life really?
1: Pretty much (laughs) from like this really young age so yeah it's kind of crazy to sort of be sitting here being like oh my gosh I'm literally living my dream.
0: So we have both read your book Wild and Witchy and we do know a little bit about your story. It's such an amazing guidebook, by the way for young females in particular. I've got two young daughters and I I hope that they've got a book like this will they do when they're at, when they're of the right age they have a great book to to read so thank you but can you tell us a little bit about your spiritual practice and psychic abilities and I guess the different moments in your life that you can remember discovering that you had this ability
1: yeah well I mean I guess as a kid I think Kids are really intuitive, and growing up, I was really spiritual. Being a First Nations person, we are born with this really in depth spirituality. So I'd always had it there, but I never really tapped into it, probably until my late 20s. So, having a mum that was really witchy, I would almost go against that grain and be like, I don't want anything to do with that. That's not cool, and that is just so weird. And I guess. Probably when I hit rock bottom, maybe like four or five years ago, I had a really bad problem with alcohol and drugs. And I just remember my friend saying, You need to really fix your life. You need to sort your shit, so to speak. And I was like, Oh, okay. Then what do I do besides partying? Because that's all I know being a single person. And I remember looking through the closet and I found I've got them in front of me these beautiful deck of oracle cards they were actually gifted to me when mum passed away when I was 17 but I put it in the back of the closet because I was like I don't want to deal with that and I remember finding them and just being like oh okay maybe I'll like have a little play with this and see what happens When I started shuffling the cards, I was like, ooh, it was almost like this new energy had hit me and I was like, I'm going to tap into this more. So for me to completely go sober, to stop partying and lean into the cards, that's how my spirituality really sort of opened up a couple of years ago. And here we are now, Wild and Witchy, the book and everything else.
0: (laughs) Can you describe a little bit more about what these experiences of, I guess, downloads as you call them like what is it like the downloads
1: are really cool like everyone has the ability to feel these downloads see these downloads experience them as well too for me when I'm doing my intuitive readings for clients it's almost like a thought will pop into my head and I'm like oh why am I thinking like that once I got my head around the fact that it was actually their spirit guides or my spirit guides passing on a message to give to that individual I was like, trust this more. And so things just started opening up. I really started connecting with past loved ones. I was sort of just lots of weird things were happening, so to speak. So I just was like, let's go with it. Everyone has the ability to open up if they choose to.
2: So fascinating. We were just talking before we started recording as well. We were like, yeah, we really want to understand what that experience is like, because like, are we having it and we're just not in tune? to it is it like taking a different direction in your thought path or something or
1: well i mean like everyone is born with an intuition it's a matter of people pausing and trusting their gut you know how everyone's like trust your gut that's like your intuition you need to trust your intuition and just know that oh maybe those angel numbers are there for me to give me a little bit of guidance on my path or maybe that feather has popped there for a reason so the first thing that I say to my clients that want to step into this space is trust everything that comes your way. If it's Mm. a thought Mm -hmm. and you're like, why am I thinking that? Trust that maybe it's a message that needs to be passed on.
0: I have had a reading, well, twice before trying to connect with my father who's passed. And I remember saying to the lady, I'm not feeling any connection. And she's like you know if you think you're feeling something or if you think something's a sign it probably is you've just got to believe it you've just got to trust what you're seeing or what you're feeling is real anyway that's still a work in progress for me but yeah I think it's so easy for us just to shut off that ability and not trust our gut instincts so hopefully I'll get there
1: thank you so much for sharing that and I feel like a lot of people it's hard losing a parent a lot of people just don't get it that like have both of their parents it's hard and I went through that exact sort of thing trying to connect with my mom and be like is she here I just need Mm -hmm. like a little message and then it was a lady that I saw she sort of just said utilize a symbol that represents your mom it could be a song it could be like a color anytime that drops in that's like a message so when I asked my mom I'm like, oh, you are you around? I just need, like, a question answered. A particular song actually plays and I'm always like, it's actually a few different songs, but I'm always like, oh, okay, that's her affirming that she's around and she's giving me a little message. So, yeah, it's powerful. So I'm sure if you sort of, like, connected in a little bit and were like, okay, dad, like, are you around? Do something specific that was meaningful to him and maybe even you as well too.
2: Mm, so beautiful, so powerful. I love how you call your mum, like describe her as being witchy. Yes. What was she doing? What practices was she tapping into and
1: I have no idea it was almost like she was doing really close practices like she Mm -hmm. would go to this witch circle once a week and I would always ask questions and be like what are you actually doing and she's like I'm not telling you (laughs) (laughs) and I was like okay but I think from what my family had said it was like they were connecting with the other side and they were doing like some really cool practices and I just think imagine if I really opened up as a teenager like how my life would be so different but obviously I had to wait that divine timing wanted me to wait until my late 20s
2: so what other spiritual practices and abilities have you learned and developed along the way since then
1: yeah so I experience the downloads and it happens daily I'm really sort of gifted in that respect and then there's this other side of me where I have this ability to be able to manifest anything that I desire and anything that I'm open to um so I'm I'm really in tune and really aligned, which is really cool. I mean, I'm still learning along the way as well. Mm. I think there's lots to learn. The other practices I do, I do a lot of witchcraft. Like I know you both can sort of see behind me, my cat's there, but I've got an altar where I'll do mm-hmm. like little
0: spells and things like that. Mm.
1: So yeah, I do lots of different little things, which is really cool.
0: I'd love to come spend a day with you, Alira. Come in, come into your space and just learn a few things. Come
2: on <laughs> down anytime. I was telling my partner that we we were chatting today and telling him about you and he was like she sounds amazing like book us in
1: I was like yeah come on down, guys come,
0: come on. <laughs> So you are a lady who wears many hats which sort of parts of your work do you find i guess the most fulfilling or you know what practices do you find i guess helps others the most but also that you gain a lot from yourself
1: Yeah, I think it is all the spiritual coaching that I do for people and when clients book in for intuitive readings, they're probably the most meaningful and the things that really set my soul on fire. I ran a workshop this week and I just sat there and I was like this is the stuff that I want to do for the rest of my life this is it makes me so happy I couldn't care less about money money is like always going to come and go it was the fact that I had so many clients message after and be like you have helped me so much and I'm like that's what I want to do with my life just help people
0: must be such a nice feeling getting that really positive feedback from helping other people
2: Mm. yeah definitely It's just so nice to hear you speak like that too, because it's rare. I was just having a chat to one of my other girlfriends the other day about how so many people just don't even know their true values, don't even know who they really want to be, what really makes them happy. So it's amazing to hear someone like you speak about how you do know yourself so well. You do know your values. You know what makes you happy. You know the work you want to do. It's it's really refreshing.
1: I love that. I mean, it's been a work in progress and I feel like it's still a work in progress, but With the pandemic the last couple of years, I've really been like, okay, I'm going to really work on myself and do all the healing and things like that. And that's the best advice that I give to people is like, do the work so you can sort of discover exactly who you are.
2: Yeah. It takes work. It Mm, a
0: lot of work. It does. Yeah. We would love to chat about relationships with you as well. You do have some great perspectives from your different experiences that you share in your book. Are you open to telling us a little bit more about your marriage and also going through a divorce at such a young age?
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm always so open and transparent and people love it. Um, Yeah, I got married really, really young. I fell in love really, really young. I thought that the man that I married was going to be the man that I spent the rest of my life with and I guess I live with no regrets. That marriage shaped me to be the woman that I am today because it gave me the ability to be like, I know exactly what I want in a relationship. I know what I won't settle for and I know what I will settle for. The relationship was beautiful. It was powerful. At the end of it, we just wanted different things. So we mutually separated. And everyone's like, how? How can you just separate like that? And I was like, because we're both adults and we both wanted different things. But you were such young adults.
0: <laughs> I know. It's very <laughs> young wise. Adults, yeah. <laughs> and that you still have a beautiful, well, it seems like a beautiful respect for each other and you know there's no kind of oh I don't know maybe there is but there's no anger towards the other person or like that's so nice because often you hear the opposite when people they've been in love and then they break up and doesn't end so well so that's so nice that you guys have that.
1: No I just always thought like I was never going to be the woman that could give him everything that he wanted and I hoped that he found someone and he did and I'm just like grateful that he's been able to live how he wanted to live in I guess, what he thought our marriage should have been. So, yeah, I'm just grateful that he's found the love of his life.
0: How have you sort of found that your relationships since then or your approach to relationships since then have changed?
1: Oh my God. They've changed so much because we got together so young and never really got to explore my sexuality. So when we did divorce, I did the typical thing by joining like a footy team because I wanted to meet new people. And then I discovered that, oh, maybe I'm attracted to women and I never wanted to label it. So I would always sort of say to people, I'm, I'm attracted to the energy that someone brings to the table. So the exploration of my sexuality has been mind-blowing and it's been so much fun. But I think I'm still single now, but I think my whole marriage really just made me realise that I just won't settle for anything. And the person that I will settle for will be absolutely freaking amazing. (laughs) And I'm so happy to wait for that.
2: Kate and I always talk about how much relationships change when you have kids and a lot of our listeners are parents and we're mums ourselves. But A few things that you just mentioned, a few things that you have talked about regarding relationships that I just wanted to chat to you more about because I think it's really important and empowering to be reassured were a few things like really articulating what you need in a relationship, knowing and cultivating what you deserve, and as well, like if the relationship isn't serving you anymore, if you're not happy, then it's okay to leave Because I think once you're in a relationship with kids, historically, we're told that broken marriages are bad or unhealthy or, you know, have a negative impact on your children. But it's just not the truth. We all deserve to be happy. And I think people get sort of stuck in this thought process of i've got to make my relationship work especially once kids are involved Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and this is the conversation i've had with multiple friends who are in marriages um and in long-term relationships where i'm like make sure that you are happy you don't have to continuously cater for that other individual the whole time if you're not happy it's okay to fail a relationship there is nothing wrong with that because that's you serving you and you serving your higher good and being like nope actually, I I need to move on to bigger and better things. And that's A-OK.
2: How did you learn that?
1: I don't know. I think I just, (laughs) yeah, I think the, the marriage, I think the beauty of the marriage that I was in, the communication that we had towards the end of it was out of this world. I remember us both just sitting there being like, we're not happy. So, so what do we want to do? Right? Yeah. And I just remember us being like, what do we want to do? And I was honest and said, to be honest, I don't want to see a counsellor or anything like that because I actually can't see this marriage working. And he was like, I 100% agree. I was like, amazing. So let's get divorced then. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yay>! <laughs> <so> Yay! <laughs>
2: Divorces need to be celebrated like marriages yeah. sometimes, you know. It can be um, very enlightening. I'm lucky that I speak to my partner very openly about everything and um, we're not afraid to tell each other how we feel even though sometimes it can hurt yeah but what like how would you encourage people to have this like open narrative in their relationship about yeah. what they feel they need or
1: yeah I mean making it is, that change it's hard isn't it it's actually I like it is
2: hard to be super vulnerable with
1: your partner I think it's really hard but I think Just do it. Just say whatever's on your mind. Speak from the heart because in 10, 15 years' time, if you're sitting there and you're still in like a really shitty marriage or a shitty relationship, then it's just like you're going to resent that person more and more. So don't be afraid to communicate. Don't be afraid to be open. But also hold space for your other half as well too as you're saying what you need to say. I think that's important. Don't be afraid to speak up. It's so important in a relationship.
0: Alira, I love um, before, and you also obviously talk about it in your book, but not needing to label everything. And um, this is a really good f- reminder for me when it comes to my own two daughters. You know, I guess I'm in what you would call a traditional relationship, but there are so many variations of this. And I think it's important to express that to our children and that it's important that they see the differences and diversity and that they also have other, I guess, influential role models besides their own parents what are your thoughts on this
1: I love this this is great and like my friendship circle I'm the only single person in my group I'm known as the crazy auntie (laughs) but all my friends have kids and they're quite young the kids as well too yeah and we all just sort of look at each other and we're all like we're actually a really progressive bunch because some of us are divorced also in our little group but also we're so progressive in a way where some of us are in same sex relationships as well too, that the kids that are around us are like, oh, this is normal. This is okay. And we have people in our little friendship group that are non-binary as well too, which is important. So these beautiful kids are growing up just being like, oh, it's okay to not like label ourselves as a female or a male. So maybe I'm just like super progressive. I don't know, but I just think My little nieces and nephews we're just like you can be whoever you want to be and you need to accept that some of us won't be in a traditional relationship or we won't have traditional families as well too, that families are complicated and, and whatnot. So they're my little thoughts on
2: it. I think like you said before as well, like kids are so intuitive and they're like little sponges. So whatever their environment provides is what they soak in and what they see as normal. So I mean, yes, maybe you are really progressive, but also maybe you're just living a normal yeah. <laughs> and like uh, real life and scenario for yeah. these kids around you, which is so important because the world that they're going to grow up in is very different to the world that we all grew up in.
1: Oh, 100%. I agree.
2: Obviously your childhood would have been different if you grew up in a different environment and maybe a more, progressive or open or diverse environment. But do you feel like it would have, you know, made you a different person or
1: Yeah, I mean I could have turned into a real bitch, couldn't I? (laughs) I really could I really could have and I really could have gone against the grain and been like anti XYZ. But the way that my mum raised me was in a way that you respect everybody,
0: no Mm -hmm. matter their
1: values, their beliefs, where they're from. As weird as it sounds, I'm grateful that I got bullied in high school because it's really shaped me to be this really cool individual where I actually don't give two shits about what people think about me. I think that's Mm. like power in itself. Mm. Um, yeah. Having said that one side of my family is very progressive and diverse. And then the other, the other side of my family, they'll probably hate me for saying this, but they're really white. They're really white and they're really conservative and they don't get it. And that's great because I've grown up in like two different dynamics where it's really shaped me to be just open to listening to everybody and being Mm. okay with, okay, all our values may not be aligned, but you just respect one another.
2: Almost being able to like pick and choose what you do, believe in and what you go with.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we need to take a break. I am honestly so excited.
2: Ooh, I love it when you get excited.
0: Lululemon are our sponsor today. And as you know, I've said this many times before, but Lululemon tights are a serious game changer. You need to get on board.
2: Okay, I'm listening.
0: So my particular fave are the Align pant. I'm wearing them right now. And I can tell you they have this epic buttery texture and they're super stretchy and so comfortable. They're also really versatile. I wore these pre, during, and post-pregnancy, so they would be great for you. Right now, I wear them when I exercise and running around after the girls and the quality and softness lasts wear after wear. Another great part about Lululemon is their pants are available in Lululemon size 2 to 20, meaning they go up to a size 24 Australian.
2: All right, you've totally got me. In fact, you had me at I'm wearing them right now. So I am on board. Watch this space.
0: I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Trust me.
2: Everyone, you can find them at lululemon.com.au or follow them on socials at lululemonoznz and they are available now. Now it's time to get back to Alira.
0: So you are very passionate about empowering women in particular and um, body empowerment is something that I'm really interested in To teach my young girls and you know really guide them through this. And even though they are still quite young, I think it's really obviously important to start this from a very young age. What's been your path with this and how do we teach, you know, young girls about this?
1: The thing that I've learned in terms of empowerment with young people, it's the language that we're using. I think that's where I've become a really conscious being around just using, I think, the words that we think are bad, but they're not really that it's like it's okay to just be maybe a little bit bigger than the other girls around you. It's okay. So I think first things first, it's always the language that we're using is really, really important.
2: Can you give us some examples? Yeah, I'm
1: trying to think. Uh, just because I was, I was with my niece the other day, and I don't know. She said something, and I just remember, like, okay, language, language. She said something about fat, and I was like, yeah, you can say that word, but let's not use it in a negative way. Let's like yeah, it's empower. So true. It's like it's okay. Like it's so fine, and I sort of had to explain that you know it is okay to be a little bit bigger than the other people around you that it's okay don't Mm. let society think that you need to be like a size six or a size eight so I think the more and more that our language is I guess progressive in that sense and we normalize the language around young kids that's where we can really
0: empower them Mm. and I suppose what they hear you saying about yourself as well Mm. like I've become quite conscious about that like I think of some of the things that I might think about myself or I might say but I go I always go oh my god I should never ever say that in front of the kids and I'm really really conscious of that Mm. but they are my older daughter in particular is getting to an age where you know the young girls they're all worrying about the way they look I mean she's six you know do I look pretty in this or like it's 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 crazy they're just so young It's like you should just be out having fun don't worry about the way you look
1: I think social media really can I do a TikTok? No, you can't do
0: a TikTok. I don't even know how to do TikTok. No, darling. <laughs> no, do I? I'm
1: like, oh, my gosh. I feel like social media has really impacted young people. Yeah. And I'm always like, oh, screens, like get outside. And just I remember being a kid and playing on the street and not being like looking at TikToks all the time. So I think social media plays like a really big
2: big mm. thing in that. It is amazing that at such a young age they are so influenced my daughter's only two and a half and I have recently put on like a couple of the Disney movies and I'm just like the characters are all so stereotypically beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. I'm like this is even I feel
0: weird watching yeah. this. Like, Particularly the this? old school ones. Some of the newer ones they're getting a little bit. Progressive. A bit more progressive. Yeah. A couple of, but the old ones, you're right, they're all just like. Beautiful. Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. So we really want to talk about manifestation, Mm. but let's start with the importance of knowing your core values, which I was sort of starting to say a little bit first, because I loved learning this through your book, that it's such a key to being able to manifest what you want. So tell us about what role understanding and knowing your core values has in manifesting.
1: Yeah. Well, like in my book, I was like, it's so important for me and for the people that are reading this book to understand how they can incorporate their values and understand what their values are. So I think for me, like I have five core values that I live by, whether that's on my business level or my personal level, when it came to utilizing those values within my manifestations, because it's important because whatever we do want to bring in we have to revert it back to our values to be like is this aligned with exactly my top value is this aligned with exactly what I'm wanting to bring on in and I think people get confused with values as well too I'm always like just simplify it it can be the first one could be family is the first value the second one could be culture the third one could be communication whatever it may be but understanding what your values are is so important because it's also going to help you make decisions, especially life decisions. When someone comes to you and they're like, I need you to do X, Y, Z, you can really think, oh, is this aligned with my values, especially when your intuition is trying to nudge you and be like, no, it's not. Then you can revert back to those core values.
2: I love how you said in your book too, like, don't overthink this it's not a big deal literally just google a list of values and sit down and think about
0: it. For anyone thinking like anyone who thinks manifestation is a bit kooky or they're like mani- like you know how do you manifest your best life would you say that literally is the best way sit down write some pointers like write your focus write your goals yeah definitely how do we start this i want to start manifesting
1: i love this well you're doing it every day everyone is doing it like subconsciously so manifesting is where essentially you curate your existence so your reality your life so whatever you decide to put out to the universe is what essentially you will get back so if you're thinking in a really positive way you're going to get nothing but that positive energy coming on through If you're thinking in a negative way, you're going to either have blockages that are going to stop you from moving forward or you're going to have negative energy flowing on in. So for you to be able to manifest particular things, you can literally say to the universe, i'm allowing 500 to come into my bank account and i know it's like easier said than done because there is a little bit of work that you have to do in order to get that abundance to come to you you have to be open to the change that's going to come with that money coming on in or a partner even as well too you have to do a little bit of the work you have to feel into it you have to visualize the money in your bank account all these little things because i think a lot of people think that manifesting is just being like, I'll just write it on a piece of paper and it's going to come to me tomorrow. And no, you've like, got to do
0: everything exactly, else that goes with
1: it. <laughs> you've got to like put it out there to the universe to say, yeah, I'm open to receiving this. Like you need to do a little bit of that work.
2: I like to think that I manifest things in my life. And before I even kind of read into it or learnt much about it, I felt that that was something that I was kind of practising in my Life already. Again, like the conversations that I have with my partner, he fully trusts in what I tell him or what I feel like <laughs> we're going to manifest for our life together as a family. And if he's feeling concerned about something or he's like, What are we going to do with our future? or What am I going to do with my work? or, you know, he sort of doesn't see it like that. I always just tell him, don't worry, this is what's going to happen. And he fully believes me, (laughs) he he fully (laughs) trusts me. And then sometimes he questions and he's like, should I believe you? Like, where are you pulling this shit from? And I just say to him, like, no, you've just got to trust it, you've got to believe it, but you've got to want it. Yes, you've got to work for it, but you've actually just got to believe that that's what you deserve and that's what you want, right?
1: Exactly. And I think the best way to sort of trick your mindset is just to be like, The universe will gift me whatever it needs to gift me right now and whatever doesn't serve me, it's going to pass me by and whatever needs to stay here, it's going to stay here. It's Mm. that simple. So it is. It's just going to trust the universe. It's like everything will be
0: okay. Everything Mm. happens for a reason,
2: right? Can you do it on the flip side, like almost let go of things that aren't sitting right?
0: Like almost
2: manifest away the things that aren't right for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always do this sort of thing where I'm always say to the universe, whatever isn't serving me right now, I'm releasing it. I'm allowing the things that aren't serving purpose to be released, and the universe is pretty funny because they'll get rid of the people that don't serve purpose, and they'll do certain things to sort of shake things up, but. When I do those sorts of things i my best advice to people is just make sure that you're self aware as well too in everything that's happening around you because the universe will gift and they will give you certain things, but you need to be open to understanding just those little sort of challenges that may place in front of you.
0: I suppose surrounding yourself with the wrong types of people or toxic people that aren't you know serving you or you know, that probably can really hold you back from, you know, reaching those things that you want to reach or getting to that point in your life.
2: I think that's why it's so important for people to understand their values first. And actually, that was another thing that i love loved that you said that I found really interesting was that once you do understand your values, you got to get comfortable or get prepared to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because to live in alignment with your values, you're going to need to make changes. And that might be within friendships, within work, And some of that can be really uncomfortable.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, like, can't express that enough to people. I remember when I started to really live in alignment with the person that I really wanted to become, I just had all these friends just disappear. And I was like, what is going on? What the fuck, universe? Oh, my (laughs) God, I can't deal. But then I was like, oh, no, the universe is doing this on purpose to create space for people who are more aligned with me to come on in. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Mm. I've heard something the other day that this person said you sometimes you've just got to sit in your own shit sit there be okay with it feel uncomfortable mm. and then eventually do the work and you'll come out the other side and it'll all be mm. you know you'll be where you need to be
2: lead into the uncomfortable to to grow to move on so something else that we really wanted to give a bit of time and space to is cultural awareness which you mentioned early on and I know that this is something that you really align everything that you do with, and particularly in the health and wellness and even sort of spiritual space. I know you're really committed to debunking and decolonizing a very, what seems very whitewashed wellness industry, even fashion industry. Tell us your perspective on this and your thoughts.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, we may need a whole other podcast for this. <laughs> but I think I don't know. Growing up, I was really I don't know. My culture is really a, a part of me, and I was never going to let that get in the way of other people's. I guess I don't know. When people would sort of put me down, I would just sort of be like, "Nope, this is why we fight for the right to have land rights and and whatnot." But um, me stepping into the wellness space, I thought that was really interesting. Back a couple of years ago, because I had always been in it as a person who wore activewear, who went to yoga, who went to the gym, um, who did yoga, whatever it may be, I would just always recognize these little sort of moments of why isn't there any black people in the spaces that I'm walking into? Why isn't there models that are black? Like what's happening? So me stepping into this space not only as I guess a meditation teacher, intuitive reader. I was thinking of being like, I need to shake this up and start to ask, why don't we have cultural safety in particular yoga classes that we're going into? Or why isn't there an acknowledgement of countries flux when we walk into these spaces? And then I really started stepping up my content on social media being like, I will only work with brands who are not going to utilize me as a tokenistic black Mm -hmm. girl as well too because the wellness space as a whole it's huge it's like a billion million dollar industry and i just thought if i can just change this industry in a way just from a grassroots level then i'm going to do it and so i did that i had been working with a really well-known brand the last couple of years activewear and they approached me and they're like we want to work with you we love everything that you're about and i was like firstly i'm a size 18 i've never seen a plus size model on your books secondly it's really whitewashed I've never walked into your store because it's just it's so white Mm. and they were like oh okay this makes sense I was like come back to me when you've made some change so the last couple of years they made change they started working with first nations models they started advertising that they got to a size 18 to 20 and I was like awesome I'll work with you now so I waited like two (laughs) years
0: before they made change until I agreed to work with them Do you feel that a lot of brands are using cultural diversity as a marketing ploy or is there a real sense of change within the wellness and fashion industry or all industries, I guess?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because I had this conversation the other day where maybe sometimes I have to be the token black girl to actually make change for the people that are behind me so then they can walk into these spaces and they can feel comfortable. So I think sometimes it is a bit of a marketing ploy and it's a bit of a tick of the box However, I could name a whole bunch of brands right now that are just so culturally safe and culturally aware that it just fills my heart with joy, knowing that one day when I have kids, they're going to grow up being like, "Oh, look, there's a black girl on the TV." Like I never saw that as a kid.
2: You're paving the way, girlfriend.
1: Yeah, just trying my best. (laughs) (laughs) We were
2: talking a little bit before um, before we pressed record about your experience with Fashion Week. Can you tell us a little bit about that again? Oh my
1: gosh, where do I begin with Fashion Week? So. I was there to talk about sustainability, fashion and culture, which are like my three things that I love to talk about. And I went there, I did that. But then I sort of was in, I guess, the Fashion Week hub, is what I like to call it, where I rocked up to some of these events and I was just like, oh, this is making me uncomfortable because no one was actually present. There wasn't enough black influencers. There was lots of white influencers, white rich influencers, might I add. Whereas I just think, why are we here? What I, I literally stood there and I was like, what is Fashion Week? What are we doing here? We don't actually yeah. buy the clothes. We're just here to post on our social media. So no one's really present there. So I I didn't like it at all. Like I hated it.
2: But you felt good having a place there. Yeah, representing.
1: Yeah, because then I walked away and I was like, okay, these changes need to happen. This is great. We need to have this conversation. We need diversity. We need inclusion. We need like. All abilities here. We need absolutely everything. So it was good to be there. I took up space. Mm. I I ticked the boxes I needed to tick. Um, Will I ever do it again? Probably not unless there's change. (laughs) Never coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Unless there's change.
2: (laughs) I don't want to put words in your mouth but I'm pretty sure before you said it was a total wank fest. (laughs) Literally
1: it is. I said to everyone, I was like, it's just a wank fest. It's literally like small talk. People don't really care. I don't know, I just, I didn't really enjoy it. So there needs to be change, I
2: think. But, you know, good on you. It's like it's a very brave person to almost like not swallow your pride because it's almost the opposite, but be that person that is saying, I'm going to be there, I'm going to represent it. Even though I'm not particularly enjoying this, I don't necessarily believe in it, being the representation for people younger than me or next generations after me is more important
1: so important and like I was getting invited to all these well-known shows with big designers and I was like why are you inviting me I'm a size 18 to 20 you go to a size 12 I don't understand it don't understand it
2: I remember just back on like the health and wellness thing I remember reading something funny or I think even you did mention in your book about not meaning for people like in yoga classes Mm. and stuff to suddenly go and throw out all their palo santo and sage yeah. and things but just to really understand its cultural roots and its use and not just be waving it around thinking it's just to clear the air or
0: that it smells nice i'm so clear and fresh like. I know.
1: oh my gosh there's so many people like that i'm always like just small steps just be conscious of what you're actually yeah. utilizing and understand where it's coming from and respect the culture as well too that it's coming
0: from because doing the research and having the knowledge right
1: Do the research, have the knowledge, and just don't be an idiot in this space. I think that's important. Yeah embarrassing
2: yeah so embarrassing oh my gosh I think from a sustainability point of view too like sage and palo santo is like you know awfully harmful for the environment how much demand there is for these products there's like yeah it's not sustainable at all
0: (laughs) Alira thank you so much for giving us your time today and for sharing such great insight into you and all of the amazing energy that surrounds you you know, you are so wise beyond your years and we can all absolutely take a leaf out of your book. So we really appreciate you giving us your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for today. Make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes. Hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow us on Instagram at Talking In Common. Or you can check out our Facebook page, which is also Talking In Common. Have a lovely day and, as always, thanks for listening.